Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. All right, so we are back this week with Carrie, and we talked last week about, um, you know, all the things that we old mamas tell you young mamas, and treasure these moments, and what really matters, and I hope that you get the gist of it. You know, like Carrie said, I sure don't have it figured out. I'm just further down the road. Um, I'm still clueless. I still make a mess of this parenting thing. I still have to ask forgiveness all the time. I still lose it. I still say all the wrong things, do all the wrong things. And somehow my kids are growing up and they're alive and they're (laughs) functioning and, you know, it, it blows my mind. So the one thing that as many mistakes as I've made, the thing that I probably am proudest of most as a mom is my attitude of yes, my philosophy of yes. I've lived that out for as long as I can remember. Um, I think it started before I had kids. I went to a Bev Boss conference. She is one of my mentors out in California. She's since passed away. But when I visited her preschool and the attitude of yes that these teachers lived out and the freedom these children had, but the respect they had blew me away. Um, I just kind of was amazed at the balance. These kids were inquisitive and they were delightful and they were go-getters and they were um, on the go, but yet they weren't rowdy and they weren't disrespectful and they weren't fighting and hitting and it just kind of blew my mind and made me think about this attitude of yes and this mindset of why not versus why. And it really, it it was just something I did. It wasn't a movement. It wasn't a curriculum. It was just how I lived as a mom. But do I always get that right? No, but it is one of my proudest things. So Carrie, let's talk about that. What do you see as the struggle with the whole say yes concept? Ooh, Let's start there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just, we'll just dive in. Um, Sometimes it just feels hard. (laughs) Like it shouldn't. And once you do it, it's not. Um, But I think when, when you're not in the habit, it feels harder because you don't know the freedom that comes with it. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. I was just thinking how I needed to work out and I'm a morning workout person. If I don't get my workout done in the morning, I spend the rest of the day trying to convince myself to go down there and there to the basement. That's where my gym is. And never once have I regretted it. Like once I get down there, have I said, Oh, I wish I would have not done that. But yeah, the, (laughs) the line in between, (laughs) Yes. Knowing that yes. you say yes to working out and doing it, mm, hard to cross sometimes. So I would imagine right. that's how it feels with the kids. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, all, I, I so often think back to my first day back home after that first conference when I met you. And I live in Houston, so it rained, of course. Um, so it rained and I looked at my little 
tiny Noah at the time, who was like three or four, and looked at him and um, I told him to go play in the rain. Uh, like this was not something I'd done before. Um, <laughs> I'm not, which is, which is hysterical, but like now. Um, but, um, but everything before that had been like, I'm not a natural housekeeper at all. Like this, it, it is hard for me. My brain gets overwhelmed fast with housework. Um, I'm trying to teach myself, um, good ways to do it, but I, it it just doesn't come easily to me. Um, and so I had been in like self-preservation mode, (laughs) like everything was done to like minimize the disaster. Um, so it was, don't step in the mud, don't track in the whatever, don't, you know, it was all of that. And I had no idea what that was keeping us from. And so I remember that moment, like it will forever be a crux in my life as a mom was that moment I looked at my, this little, who I now know was a little tiny person, um, my son, and I told him to go look in the rain or play in the rain. And his eyes got huge <laughs> and it was, and, and he just went out, laughed and I mean, it was just, it was just a, a turning point. Uh, it's so funny. That is probably one of my um, favorite things about what I do is receiving pictures of kids after their parents have switched from this don't, don't, don't to please do or yes, go outside or explore. And I have received so many pictures and um, videos and messages. And it is hilarious because always, 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 you just see the joy on the kid's face. I mean, it's just evident, right? It's evident when a child has permission to be them. You're not doing anything grand, believe it or not. You're not saying go out there and do something you're not meant to do. You're really just honoring what they were meant to do anyway. They're born curious. They're born explorers. They're born with a desire to get out there and jump in the mud puddle. I mean, I was with my, uh, I'm the worst grandmother. I'll just go online to say that. I'm sure my daughter-in-law is nodding her head because right now with Joshua being ill, we can't have them in our home. But, you know, I made that huge grandmother closet, all that wonderful stuff. And they can't come here because of the risk of infection for Joshua. Yeah. So um, Joshua's dad took him to the clinic last week one day. So we met the grandbabies uh, at a mall and it had been raining and it had stopped, but there was a massive puddle, right? And they're dressed cute and matching as they always do. And one of the little boys runs over and immediately, what do you think he does? Right in the middle. Yeah. And you see his mama's little sweet face and he's got a great mama. This is, this is what we all would have done, right? This isn't a knock on his sweet mama. She's perfect. She's great. But she's looking at me, right? Cause I know her poor thing is so torn. Cause here I am there. And what do I do is I just go jump in right beside them, you know, and, <laughs> and they get wet and it's a disaster. And um, I'm giggling the whole time because for me, it's so worth it. Like that moment of glee and that moment of joyousness, it was natural. No one had to say, go jump in the mud puddle. 
No one has to tell them that. It's in them. It is us as adults who halt them in their tracks. Halt them in their tracks. And gosh, when we look back, going back to what we talked about before, when we look back, do we want to be known as the halters of their childhood? The ones who stopped them? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean... And I I think sometimes we just, at least for me, I had to accept that. Um, and I still have to catch myself on it. That yeah, it it does mean mess. Um, but I always hear your voice like just clean it up. And sometimes for me that means just clean it up in a few days. <laughs> like it'll be okay. The paint that's covered. Like I I know I've sent you pictures of paint covered children in the bathroom sink. But the bathroom is like my favorite say yes place because it's easily wipeable. So that was one of my, like knowing myself, I had to make it easy for myself to say yes. You know, And I I always say this, and this isn't the first time people, I think, imagine when they come to my house, it's going to be full of that, right? When they come to my house, there's going to be no order. There's going to be children chaos everywhere. And it isn't like that. I actually really like order. I like a clean house. Um, So it isn't that I'm saying you turn your house over to the children. That that isn't at all what I'm saying. I think this is often misunderstood. And so I I hear the angst in mama's voices when they say, oh my gosh, the mess that the rice makes. And you know, what I'm saying is find a place to say yes. Your say yes place might be the bathroom. Your say yes place might be outside. Your say yes place might be we go to the park. But find a way to say yes. It doesn't mean... When they want to break out the paint on your carpet, you're like, oh my gosh, Kathy said I have to say yes. Right. That, no, I'm not saying that because I wouldn't say yes to that. I mean, right. um, I say yes to on my porch is a great safe place to say yes in this house. Um, this grandmother closet that I made up, chalkboard up there, magnet board, but that's a great place to say yes. Find the place to say yes for you. Yeah. Also based on your personality, you said that too. Know yourself, know what's going to push you over the edge, but sometimes it's not quite what we think it is, you know, because the benefits outweigh it too. I mean, gosh, when you could see how your kids change because they grab onto it, right? Didn't your kids become more curious once you started saying yes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And now they, and I mean, and, and what that, that choice to live this kind of a life. I mean, like you, like I haven't done it perfectly. I still say no. Um, (laughs) I'm like, but what that's opened us up to is really kind of a delightful, Mm. I mean, overall, like just this kind of delightful childhood where I'm sitting here in my guest room right now, looking out the window and the kids have little spots where they'll come out the window and they watch, um, they watch cardinals building nests in the bushes, um, right outside of the window. And they've just become so like, so a part of, of the outdoors. They're so comfortable with it. They're so that they just love to observe it. It's just part of our life. And this window is just perfect because the birds can't see us, but we can see them. And they, and they love it. And Noah is building um, like a little bird 
haven area outside of his window. And that's, you know, that's part of his, his thing in the backyard. And for anyone who's heard us talk about, uh, the mud before, uh, like the, our backyard is one of our say yes places where we had, where we decided to say, you know, um, where we decided to say that, um, I'm so sorry. We have a three-year-old. Hi. You're supposed to be having quiet time with your book. I know you're still hungry. Can you go ask Noah to help you get a snack? Go ask Noah. He'll help you. (laughs) Real life podcasting. I know. Real life podcasting. I'm so sorry. I thought they were settled. Um, well, I, hold on. I'm going to stop you for two seconds. Okay. We need to pause it. We can totally pause it. We need to do that. But, yeah, let's pause. Okay. All right. We are back. Okay. <laughs> Nothing a little roast beef can't solve. Oh, girl. I, totally um, I wanted to say, though, hold on for you pick back up. I yeah. wanted to just stop and say what I love the most about what you just said was um, the phrase, a delightful childhood. And there's something just about how you said that and the picture that that gives me of joy for our kids. And it's so interesting because we talked about, you know, the joy in motherhood, but the joy we have the chance to provide for our kids or offer our kids by giving them a delightful childhood and a delightful childhood. What does that look like? What, I mean, if you were to describe that, a delightful childhood, what would you say it is? Um, you know, for us, it's just been giving the kids spaces where they can, they can be themselves, um, where they can linger. Um, I mean, I just, I have pictures in my head from the past couple of weeks cause the weather has been, been nice here. Um, of, of my, my youngest, my three-year-old, and then her little, her little friend standing at the top of a hill with these big sticks and they were being knights. And I mean, it was just that the time, the space to move, um, the, these areas where they have, where they have an appropriate authority over a space. Like, I think that's why I love what Noah's doing outside of his window is he knows that's his space. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, and now Evie's doing it too outside of her window. Um, and they are thrilled when new birds come and, um, you know, the cat sits at the window and pines over the birds outside the window and it's just, and they, they, they love it. Um, and it's that space for them to just be soaked into what they what they love. Um, I don't know. I, I, I Noah is uh, he's such a he has his daddy's brain um, so much of that and loves to create things and figure things out. And so right now, uh, his room has. You, yarn (laughs) pieces of yarn going up like up to the ceiling down to his bed up to the door down to his bed and he he's made all of these zip lines for his lego guys (laughs) so his lego guys have zip lines and now he just figured one where he could make moving parts on it um 
so that I think when I, when I think delightful childhood, I think that's it. Like not perfect, not without, um, not without bumps along the way or bickering with siblings or whatever. Um, but just that space to the space and the time to be a kid and, and to be not, not my version of a kid, but their versions of, of themselves, you know? Yeah. To sum it up what you said, I just was taking notes because I thought it was also good. And you said you gave them permission, you gave them time, you gave them space. And especially I love the time to linger because I think so often it's in the lingering that the real play and the real exploration takes place. It's in that lingering where they have to come up with the next thing, um, the way to enhance the story, to change it, to design something else. It's in that lingering that I think we get so many beautiful moments. Um, But often that's the part where we snip out. It's that we're okay to give them time and space as long as it fits within our time and space. But when it kind of competes with or, or interferes with, that's where we struggle, most of us anyway, um, to continue that. So I think the fle- that being flexible would be key and not be so tight on your schedule. Like don't, don't know that you're going to stop by the park for only 10 minutes because that's all you have. Now 10 minutes is better than no minutes, but really try and give them ample time to get outside and to explore and to really be free in in that space. Yeah. Well, and I, and two, I think that for a while, like I got very discouraged because I had this vision, you know, last week we had talked about those expectations. And I think one of those is I had this vision and this dream that we would have some land and we'd have space for them to play. Well, my husband is an electrician. We have to be in, we need to be in the city. Like that's just what life, what life is or suburbs. Um, which means that we don't, we don't have woods behind our house. So it, it took me a minute to say, you know, no, I'm not going to let this interfere with their childhood. They still can have that. It just is going to look a little different. Um, right. I think that's huge to say because I think in the whole movement, and I was in that too, that we must have land in order to give them this lifestyle. If we don't, then we haven't given them. But you can. You can do it. So many people um, reach out to us and say, hey, I live in an apartment or I live you know, in another country or how do I even do this concept of playing skillfully when I don't have a lot of land or even a big backyard or I live near a beach or a lake. And, and so what we say and what I say is it really is, again, it is the philosophy, the mindset of, it is the, you know, it isn't the, you must do it exactly this way, but it is kind of your overall approach to childhood, Mm -hmm. to life and to, um, to, to yes, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the, you asked the other like hard, hard things about saying yes. I think one of the hard things has been staying on the same page with my husband. Mm. Um, yeah. Sometimes I forget that he's not here (laughs) during the day and I, 
I forget to kind of keep him up to speed with how we do things. Um, and I, I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator. Um, but there's a lot that happens during the day. And when life just becomes life and it's not extraordinary, you know, um, like that first time, that first time that he goes out and plays in the rain, like, yes, I'm going to tell him all about it. But then it just starts becoming how we do life. And I forget to like keep him up to speed with, Hey, this is what I'm I allow the kids to do. This is what I say yes to. And so we've had some situations where he'll get frustrated because the kids do something. I have to come back and say, I'm so sorry. That's actually my fault (laughs) because this is how we, this is how we do things. And I forget to, um, to fill him in like, and, and we just have to get better. I have to get better at, um, at letting him know. Like, I love that. And I think that's a general, it's funny. I was listening to um, Hearts at Home 2.0. It is the ministry that Kathy Cook just took over with um, Suzanne. And so what they decided to do is they decided to kind of, they saw a different vision from what Jill had started of this ministry. I don't know if you're familiar with ministry. I've spoken at their conferences before. but So now they've decided to branch out and do Ignite the Family. And what they were saying was so often as moms, as women, we go to conferences, much like you did the homeschool conference. We go to conferences and we get a vision or we get excited about what our family can do. Then we go home and vomit that information onto our spouse and partner and don't give them a chance to catch the vision with us. We just almost say, and this is now the vision. And that often can cause a rub where if given the opportunity, they could go and Ignite the Family is going to now have conferences for husbands and wives together. Oh, that's cool. I think it's going to be amazing. And so they can go catch this vision together. And so I always think, gosh, I wish there was a way that we could get these dads to listen to some of what we're sharing about the Say Yes movement and the benefits, you know. And again, I think our dads often are more playful in general and Mm -hmm. we even stifle it in them and then they... You know, we're like, no, don't be rough with the kids. And then then they start shutting down in that area. And then it's hard to get them back to the, okay, well, you can rough house now. Or you can do right. this now. So it, it would be great to come up with a way to help them catch that vision with you so that you don't always feel like you're having to vomit the information and expect them just to jump on. Totally. The and it's, especially if it's been opposite of what you've done up until yeah. that point. So I can imagine that's hard. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think another, another thing is like, is just what comes back and bites you all the time when you let it sneak up on you is, is, um, fear of what other people are going to think. Um, you know, or if they see my kid doing, doing this, um, like at the park, I, I mean, we have, we certainly have boundaries and more so if there are other kids around, but if there yeah. aren't other kids around, like, yeah, climb up the slide. Like, yes, like you can, you can do that. Um, who's to say you can't climb up the slide who made that rule. Um, and we always want to do it being considerate of others. Um, but there are those, those little things will, will sneak in 
sometimes um, when I'm I'm letting my kids climb a tree, say, or you know, hanging out with friends because you might have friends who don't have the same mindset and they come to your house and, you know, maybe Sonny hadn't been to your backyard of mud yet. And they come in and they're like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. And they break out in hives. Right. Because of what's happening. So I think that really is um, important. It's funny. I was, when I was speaking in New Zealand a few weeks ago, I had a girl say, and she was kind of joking and kind of serious. She goes, well, we were talking about what people think of you and you live this way. And she said, this is why I surround myself with like-minded women. <laughs> you know, <laughs> women who aren't going to judge me if my seven-year-old is not reading yet. Women who are not going to judge me if my kid's outside barefoot from, you know, the minute the sun goes up till it goes down, you know, that, and I thought, I mean, I know we talk about being diverse and being a light and all these things, but sometimes you have to, it is good to have some like minded women that mm-hmm. you know that are just going to love you and be okay with your kid jumping off the tree you know because we can't none of us can handle the constant criticism of judgment of people we're, we just can't it's, it's it wears us down right so if right. you got to find your tribe it goes back to that right find your tribe yep that, of who who gets it with you who can buy into this mindset. And I am thankful for the movement, the wild and free movement who are making it hip and cool to do this now. It's funny when I was doing it back, you know, when John Michael's 23, my first child that I adopted and, um, you know, he was wearing his cowboy boots and superhero cape to the store. And we were inviting kids over to have sensory, you know, fly guts and stuff. I was definitely the weird mom. You know, I definitely was, um, but now it's actually, you've got conferences that talk just about this. I, yeah. I couldn't be more thrilled, um, for our young moms and for this generation of raising kids that you guys are getting the affirmation all over the place. If this is the right way, this is, um, this is good. This yeah. is good for you. This is good for your family. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and what else can we share before we have to scoot? Oh gosh. Saying yes. Um, okay. So my biggest thing, I just, I'll just have to share the, the thing that has probably made the biggest difference was, um, what, you know, when I first met you, if you go back and listen to our episode number two and hear our, our meeting story, so good. Um, but my panic over, oh my gosh, he doesn't, he's four and he like does not even want to talk about letters <laughs> and your encouragement and Leslie's encouragement to like, like he's a, he's okay. You know, you telling me about your son who didn't, was it John Michael who didn't read until he was? John Michael didn't read till eight. Henry was closer to nine and Henry okay. is by far my most academic kid. Yeah. Um, so you telling me that and Leslie being like, well, put some shaving cream on something and see if maybe he's interested in writing it. In the shaving. I was like, oh my, oh my gosh, like this is not what I'm hearing anywhere, but Okay, that means my kid's okay, my kid's okay, my kid's okay. And I Which means you're okay. Which right. means I'm okay. I mean, really, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I called you like multiple times a year after that saying, like, are you sure? Are you sure, Kathy? <laughs> like, I know. Are right? you sure? You started are making sure? me nervous. I started going, Am I sure? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I kept those anxieties to myself and didn't put them on him. And I kept saying yes to reading aloud and uh, audiobooks and mommy, mommy, can we read another chapter? Yep. Mommy, can we read? Yep. My, and, and I just kept reading aloud and I did not push. I listened. I listened to you. I listened to the other people in my life who were like, he's okay. He's okay. He really, when he is ready, he will do it. Um, and oh my gosh, when he was ready, he did it. Like, <laughs> he did it. Kathy, the other day, yeah. I opened the door. I mean, this is pretty recent. He's eight and a half. And so pretty recent that he'll, he'll like choose to read, right? Yeah. The other mornings, uh, Saturday morning, I wake up. I thought the kids were still asleep, but I uh, started hearing little voices. I'm like, oh, they're they're awake. They just haven't come in yet. Um, and I went and I saw his light on, and I peeked in, and there he is, next to his three year old sister. They're both under his cozy blanket. He's clearly covered her up. Um, under his cozy blanket and he's reading to her magic treehouse. Ugh. And she was just laying there listening and he's reading. And it was like, I, I almost wept um, because he loves it. And he will say, I love, I love to read mom. I'm so good at this. <laughs> and mom, I way, love books. That's um, a million dollars, Carrie, because I cannot tell you the parents who come to me at, with their kid at seven, at eight, not at four, like you did at seven and eight. And instead of saying, Hey, my kid's not interesting and interested in reading. They say to me, my kid hates it. They don't have anything to do with it. They were made fun of in school because they weren't there yet. They start crying the minute I ask them to read. So aren't you so grateful that your panic came at four before yes. we're really jumping in instead of at six or at seven after you had done some damage to this yeah. psyche, because I can pretty much guarantee you, he wouldn't be saying, man, I'm so good at this. Had you spent the years five, six, seven, even up to eight pounding him when his brain wasn't ready, but because you waited until his brain was ready. Now you did everything that we talked about leading up. You didn't just lead him. That's what parents don't understand. You don't just do nothing. You read and you talk and you build a vocabulary and you write books and you tell stories and you do everything to nourish the brain, to get it ready to, you know, it's almost like you're getting that garden ready. You do all the stuff to get the soil ready. You did all that prep work. So when it was ready, it was a boom light bulb moment almost. Yeah. Oh, it really was. So I'm so proud of you for trusting, um, trusting the process for that. And I know your son will be so much better emotionally, socially, probably even yeah. spiritually because you trust you, you know, and often our trust of God is often another way we trust our parents, you know, too. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think it's amazing that you did that. So I think saying yes to you is such a big revelation. And I, and I, I just, I'm so proud. I'm so proud that you dared to do that because I think your family and even you have, have greatly benefited. And I think it's worth it. I think it's worth the, the mess. I think yeah. it's worth the struggle of how do I fit it in? How do I do this? It's because man, that. it's just like, and, and everybody's told us this forever, but it's over fast. Like Noah doesn't play in the mud a whole lot anymore. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, 
wait, you were just like, I couldn't keep you out of the mud. And now, now you're in your room. He wants to be in his room listening to audiobooks and building Lego zip lines and feeding birds. And um, it just changed. It's still wonderful, but it changed like overnight. And it um, continues to change. And it, and it is something, again, you'll never regret those short, short, short years. Um, but also, like I said earlier, the investment of those years when they're little will greatly pay off when they're older. Tell Noah one thing before we go. I just ordered a clear suction cup bird feeder to go on my window so that I could watch the birds come close to my window because I'm so cool. Also obsessed, but I um, have a screen porch, as you know, by my kitchen. So I can't, I can't find a good window. So I think I'm going to put it on my bedroom window. So in the morning when I pull my blinds back, maybe I can have a cup of coffee and watch the birds. Oh, I can't wait to see it. All right, friend. Well, I adore you and I'm so proud of you. And if you have a minute, shoot some pictures over to me that we can put up on this. Okay. Show people some reality of your yes. And, (laughs) you know, it's a good reality. It is a good reality. It's so good. One of my yeses was yes to a housekeeper. That was a good yes. That's the best yes ever. (laughs) Let me tell you. Oh, my friend, I love you so dearly. Good to have you back. It's good to be podcasting again, and I will talk to you soon. Okay. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.